These are the scriptures about a man named Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Later, when the ministry of Jesus was causing a stir. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. You mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted. Has any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. After Jesus was crucified on the cross... Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. When Pilate's permission, with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. 
At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. All right, Joseph, yeah, it's been a long day. All right, thank you again for the tomb. It's a very nice tomb. That was very generous of you. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, too. Um, I don't know. Um, Get some rest. Maybe go see your family in Arimathea. Say hello to everyone for me. Thank you again. Shalom. Oh, what a day. Day. There's no day left. It's night now. Night. Why is it every single meaningful interaction I have with Jesus happens at night? It's always night. It's a good thing it is night, I guess. If the people that know me saw me like this, what would they think? Nicodemus, the member of the Sanhedrin, dressed like this, dirty and messy on the Sabbath day. Children that see me walking through the temple and always come up asking me questions, they wouldn't even recognize me. Dressed like this. I don't even recognize me. What am I doing out here on the Sabbath? Doing this kind of work, touching dead bodies. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> what was that? Someone out there? You don't want to... Hello? You don't want to come out of the darkness? <laughs> Anyone out there? Can't see you. All right. You can stay in the darkness. <laughs> I understand that. Feels like most of my life I live in the darkness these last few years. <laughs> People see me in the light and they think they know me. But I don't think they really know me, who I am. (laughs) Careful, my friend, though. A wise man once told me that evil likes the darkness. That evil stays in the darkness because the light would expose it. So be careful if you're going to stay out in the darkness. (laughs) A wise man, Nicodemus. Even now when he's crucified, even now when you've laid him in the tomb, you still can't say his name. (laughs) All right. It was Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth told me that, whoever you are out there. I'm Nicodemus, and I know Jesus. I've talked to Jesus. In fact, it was kind of a night like this when I first talked to him. It was dark. When I first went up to him, I had to find out what was going on. (laughs) I don't know why I went at night. I mean, I'm busy during the day and around the temple and everyone wants part of my time being a part of the Sanhedrin, the 70 ruling elders in Israel. And 
And he was busy. There were crowds all around him all the time, but I probably could have gotten to him if I wanted to. But I went at night. If I'm honest, maybe, uh, maybe it's because I didn't want anybody to see me. I mean, I'm the one that usually has the answers. I'm the rabbi. I'm one of the teachers. I've worked all my life for this position and for this role. And I'm going to go to some young upstart and ask him about what's going on. Uh, maybe that's the reason I went at night. But I went. I had to know. I mean, you, I don't know if you know about Jesus, but if you ever heard him teach, if you ever, you'd have to know too. I mean, he, he would teach like no one else would teach. I mean, when I teach people, I tell them, you know, the Holy Scriptures say this, or God says this, but he doesn't, he didn't teach that way. He just, he taught like they were his own words, like he was God himself. And normally I'd have a problem with that, except he backed it up with all these miracles that he would do, and he would heal people and, and feed people and, and, and turn water into wine and all these kinds of things. And I, nobody can do that but God. I had to know, so I, so I went to him at night. I went to him on a night like this, in the dark, like you're in the dark, hiding maybe, but I went to him. And I, I had to think carefully about what to say. I'm not the kind of guy that asks a lot of questions. I'm usually the guy with the answers. So I, I thought about what to say and I, I, I crafted a statement. It wasn't even really a question. I, I went up to him and I said, Rabbi, we know that you're from God because it's only if someone's from God that they can do the works and the miracles that you're doing. He saw right through it. He knew. It was almost like I was going up to him and saying, Rabbi, there's a friend of mine who has this question. He saw right through it. He said, uh, he said if anyone's going to see the kingdom, they have to be born again. Uh, that, wa that wasn't the question. <laughs> the statement, whatever it was. And besides, I knew what he was saying, and he was wrong. Uh, if anyone's going to see the kingdom, he must be born again. I, I knew what he meant. He didn't mean someone had to be physically born again. I'm not that ignorant. We had an expression among the Pharisees that if someone was going to come from the outside into the Jewish faith, we said they come in like a newborn child. They come in and they're like a newborn. They don't come in and know everything. They don't come in and teach others. They have to come in and learn. They come in like a newborn child. He obviously didn't know who I was. I mean, I was born again. I was already born into the right family. I was already born into the right situation. I was born into the people of God who God revealed himself and revealed his holy scriptures to. I, was, I can trace my lineage way back to the purest of the pure of Israelites. That's why I'm able to be a part of the Sanhedrin. But he did know me. Because I said, uh, I said to him, you know, this was so ridiculous to me that I would have to start over again as a teacher of Israel, someone who knows the scriptures. So I, I played along. I, I said, what? 
Ah, can a man when he's old go back into his mother's womb? It's ridiculous what you're telling me to do. And he said, uh, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? He did know me. He did know who I was. He said, you don't understand these things? And I thought, how can I be born again? I mean, what are you talking about? I have invested my life in my teaching, in this teaching about God. I have pursued God. I have believed the right things. I have done all the things that I was supposed to do. And now you're telling me that I need to start all over? I mean, when you get to my age as an old man, you start to realize you've thrown your lot in with life. You've already decided how you're going to live your life. You've already decided the decisions you're going to make and what you're going to do. How could someone now start over? How could you possibly get a fresh start when you've already lived so much of your life? I'd be born again. How could, it, how could anyone at my age hope to start again? What was he telling me? What was he asking of me? I said to him, how? How can this be? And he said, well, what's born of spirit is spirit. And what's born of flesh is flesh. And I still didn't know what he was talking about. And then he said something I didn't understand. He recounted a story from my people's past. It was a story that I'd studied because I've studied our scriptures and our history. A story that may sound strange to you and to tell you the truth until today. I didn't really fully understand it myself. It was a story of God's people who had rebelled against him and were complaining against him and going their own way and, and, and choosing to go against the ways of God and against the ways of their leader Moses that God put over them. And so God took his hand of protection away. More than that, he sent serpents and snakes that, that, that terrorized them and bit them and they got injected with poison and some of them died. I know it sounds like a strange story, but if you think that sounds strange, where do you hear the solution to the problem? People turned and they repented. They turned back to God. And they said, God, we were wrong. Forgive us. We, we will follow you. We trust you. And when they do that, a lot of times throughout the history of my people and scriptures, God will forgive them and extend grace to them and heal them. But he did, but in a strange way this time. He, he told Moses, he said, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And put that pole and stand that pole up. And anyone who repents and, and wants healing will look at that serpent. And when they do, they'll be healed. And that's what Moses did. And that's exactly what happened. The people looked at the serpent and they were healed. And it's the strangest story. I mean, why do it in that way? Why would God do heal in that way? Why not just heal them? Why set it up like that? I never fully understood that story until today. Because Jesus said to me on that night, he said, uh, when the Son of Man is lifted up, 
Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Whoever believes in him when the Son of Man is lifted up will have eternal life. I didn't understand what he meant that day. But I understand this day. Because this day I saw Jesus lifted up on a cross. Just like that bronze serpent was lifted up on a pole. And just like those God's people were infected with the poison, I realized that all of us have been infected with a poison. And we've all been snake bit. We all have fallen and rebelled at some point against God. But what healing would we have? And so I asked Jesus, how can a man be born again? How can you start over when you're old? And he said, it's like when Moses lifted the pole in the desert with the serpent on it. That the Son of Man will be lifted up and whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And now today, I realize what he meant. That it's not about starting over in your own strength. It's not about having to learn everything you learn. It's about looking to Jesus. And when you look to him just the same way that those Israelites looked at that serpent and received healing, that when you put your trust and belief in him, that in an instant, he gives you new life. And it's like you're born again. And you start over. And you get a fresh start. Not a second chance. A new chance. A new life that he gives you. He went on to say, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but to, that the world might be saved through him. And that everyone who believes in him will not be condemned, but everyone who doesn't believe in him is condemned already. It was that last part that really catches my attention. Everyone who doesn't believe in him is condemned already. You know, as I teach, as a teacher of the law, People think that I am the one who says these people are in and these people are out. And they think that I'm making distinctions and some are in and some are out. And they think that I'm making divisions. But Jesus said something different. To be honest, I always felt like I was in. I was okay with God. I was on the inside. I was born into the right family. I'd done the right things. But Jesus said, whoever doesn't believe is condemned already. What Jesus said is that everybody's an outsider. There's no insiders. Everybody's been snake bit. Everybody's infected with the poison. Everybody needs to turn and look and put their faith and belief in Jesus. Because he said, he must be born again. And uh, when God says must, there's not a lot of wiggle room there. 
said, you must be born again. Everyone's condemned. Everyone's been snake bit. Everyone's an outsider. So I don't know where you are, my friend, out there in the darkness. Maybe you know you're an outsider. Maybe you know you need something. Maybe you know you need your fresh start. Maybe you know you need to be born again. I'll tell you what, there's only one thing worse than being outside. There's only one thing worse than being an outsider. And that's me. That's someone who's an outsider who thinks they're an insider. That's someone who's outside of God's grace and God's blessing who thinks they're inside. Because on that day I found out that whoever doesn't believe and put their faith and trust in him is condemned already. We're all outsiders. We're all snake bit. But here's the good news. How can a person be born again? Simply by looking to Jesus. Putting your belief in him. Because he said, whosoever will believe in me will have eternal life. I don't know where all the whosoever's are on a day like this. A lot of those whosoever's disappeared. There's only one of his disciples left at the cross. A few women. His mother Mary, of course, was there. Everyone else kind of scattered and left. But he said, whosoever, when I'm lifted up, whosoever believes in me will have eternal life. I know there's a lot of my friends on the Sanhedrin and the religious council that think that it's over, that think this is the end of the story. But I don't know. There's something in me, there's something about this Jesus that I think it's not the end of the story. I think there's more to come. Maybe this is just the beginning of the story. So I don't know where you are out in that darkness, who you are. But I'll just let you know, Jesus said you can come into the light. You can have a fresh start today if you will believe in him. He will give you that new life. It's been a long day. I'm going home.